The Devil's Advocates Radio Show is broadcast under a time brokerage agreement between Devil Radio and Civic Media Inc. Some portions of this program may be pre-recorded. Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Civic Media Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. And now, here's your hosts, Dom and Crute. Welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, the Tuesday edition. Got Dom here with me in the WMDX 92.7 FM studios. Dom, I'm calling this Mo Money, Mo Problems edition. (laughs) Good to be with you, Crudy. Love it in Madison. Good to see you too, Nate. Of course, our fair audience. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out. It's going to be a political party as always. It will be, but I got to. I gotta ask, what? who harsh Tony's buzz? <laughs> Why? What do you mean? The governor Tony Evers a bit salty. Uh, I don't know. Vetoing <laughs> bills today, Dom. I don't know, salty. I think he's doing exactly what we all expected he would do. Well, he did what we expected he would do in regards to the newly passed legislative maps. Uh, Democratic Governor Tony Evers, according to the Journal Sentinel, today vetoed a set of new legislative maps passed by Republicans last week amid an order by the liberal-controlled Wisconsin Supreme Court to redraw the state's electoral boundaries. So we got new maps coming. And the Republicans said, wait a minute, we got... How about these maps? How about the maps you wanted when you were hemmed in by the least change from the conservative Wisconsin Supreme Court? What if we give you those, but then don't pit any Republicans against each other and, you know, give you most of what you wanted. That's good enough, right, Tony? Right, right. And the ever-salty Tony Evers, the governor, <laughs> yeah. said, hell no. Uh, effectively, here is what he said. My promise to the people of Wisconsin is that I will always fight for fair maps. I won't accept anything less. It's about doing the right thing. Simple as that. That's what he posted on the X, the former Twitter. A little bit more here, Dom. Republicans passed maps to help make sure GOP gerrymandered incumbents can keep their seats. Folks, that's just more gerrymandering. Yep. Wisconsinites don't want Republican or Democrat maps because we're not a red or a blue state. We're a purple state, and our maps should reflect that. Now, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss, your buddy Dom, Republican from Rochester, said last week that plans made minuscule changes to the maps previously submitted by Evers Something you and Robin Voss would know about. Minuscule. (laughs) Nice. Topics. Voss said Tuesday he was disappointed, but not surprised. (laughs) 
Crudy, his action today, Voss said, only solidifies his trust in the Wisconsin Supreme Court to give him even more partisan gerrymandered bats for Democrats. That's what I'm betting on. <laughs> the very thing the court's newest justice promised on the campaign trail. No, she didn't. While receiving record-level Democratic Party campaign donations, Voss said, referring to Justice Jenna Protasiewicz, whom the Speaker has threatened to impeach over her participation in redistricting cases, given her criticism of the current maps. Is that before or after he faces, what, a recall from his own party down? <laughs> right. Uh, Senate uh, Majority Leader Devin LeMahieu said Evers, quote, speaks of compromise but governs as an extreme partisan. Yeah, right. In his veto message, Evers said the vetoed maps prioritize protecting incumbent gerrymandered legislators by making their future campaigns more convenient for them, but not better for the constituents they serve. Molly Beck breaking it down for us over at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So Tony didn't like the maps. And he's also said he's going to veto the 14-week abortion ban. Republicans what want to slide in. For a little, what? ask the people with the referendum. Yeah, you know, I mean, they got to show that they're doing something. See how quickly they moved on the maps, how quickly they moved on the 14-week abortion ban. I mean, they haven't done anything for a while. And all of a sudden, these are the priorities, and they know it's never going to pass. Okay, I don't question Tony's vetoes on either of those measures. Dom, Certainly. But why is the governor so salty at Dean Phillips? Yeah. <laughs> he apparently disagrees with you on this topic, Crudy. Uh, governor Tony Evers labels Dean Phillips' bid to get on the Wisconsin presidential ballot. Ridiculous, though. That's ridiculous, Crudy. Molly, back over at the Journal Sentinel, I don't think there's much of import here, but we'll throw it out there because Tony's apparently a little salty. Uh, Democratic presidential candidate Dean Phillips' effort to be listed on Wisconsin's presidential primary ballot is ridiculous, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers said Tuesday. I hope he elaborates. The Wisconsin Supreme Court will consider taking up a challenge from the Democratic presidential candidate Dean Phillips as he seeks to be included on the April 2nd primary ballot. Now, he is, Phillips, a Minnesota congressman, and he filed a complaint with the Wisconsin Supreme Court Monday over the state's presidential preference selection committee's exclusion of his name from the primary ballot. The court then issued an order directing the Wisconsin Elections Commission and the selection committee to respond to Phillips' complaint by Wednesday afternoon. That's tomorrow, Dom. The Democratic governor who's backing President Joe Biden's re-election bid, I would point out, as am I, as am I, characterized the challenge as a distraction. I think the party can figure it out. I can't believe that this is going forward. That seems ridiculous to me, Evers told reporters, following an event in Madison hosted by West Politics. Had the luncheon with Jeff Mirror. Oh, yeah. To me, it looks like the committee followed the process. I don't know what his position will be in court, but it's just another distraction, frankly. I completely disagree. Uh, Crudy Phillips has challenged similar decisions in Florida and North Carolina. WC Chairman Don Millis, a Republican appointee, suggested Monday Phillips' challenge could be successful. Here's what Millis said. While the Wisconsin Election Commission has no role in selecting candidates for the presidential preference ballot, even the most casual observer has to admit that Rep. Phillips is generally advocated and recognized in the national news media throughout the nation as a candidate for president for the Democratic Party. Therefore, he meets the statutory criteria. And I again, Kurt, I don't agree with Republicans much, 
But I think he's absolutely right. You can't deny the guy's running for president. Hell, he took 20% of the vote in New Hampshire. Well, the other way to qualify for the ballot would be very cumbersome. You would have to get 1,000 ballot signatures in each of the eight congressional districts, each of the eight, so 8,000 signatures. And I believe you can't exceed like 1,500 ballot signatures in any of the districts. So it really gets to be very specific. And Phillips campaign claimed that the expense to meet that standard would be something like $300,000. Now I bet you I could probably find some college kids that would work for cheaper, but it'd be hell of an undertaking. And there are a lot of chance that they would fall short in one of the eight congressional districts. It, It would be a hell of an undertaking in a very short period of time. But if the standard is a nationally recognized candidate for the presidency, he's been out there making all the noise, right? trying to get on the media, trying to qualify for all the ballots, doing his fundraising, I would assert he is a qualified candidate. He was on the ballot in New Hampshire, which is more than you can say for Joe, and he got almost 20% of the vote or something like that. Yeah, nearly 20%. Well, at 20%, He's as viable as Nikki Haley. Ah, nice. Uh, A quote from Phillips uh, made a statement, as we fight Trump's attacks on democracy, we must also be vigilant against efforts by people in our own party to do the same. I don't know if it quite qualifies. Voters should choose the nominee of our party without insiders trying to rig the process for Joe Biden. I don't disagree with his assessment either, and I'm not clear why, why Evers would feel it necessary to wade in on this. I mean, we're talk radio guys. There's no harm done if, <laughs> if somebody disagrees with Crudy on a Tuesday. They can call him up and tell him, 844-967-2789. Tell Crudy why he's wrong. But in this case, I think Tony Evers is wrong. I think the governor's wrong, A, because, you know, you don't have a dog in this fight. I get that you're supportive of Biden, as are we. But, come on, fair is fair, man. Why are the Dems trying to leave the impression that they're trying to rig this for their candidate? Air quotes rigged. It's, again, it's the party. It's the party who does their rules, does their game, plays does the rigging how they want it. You could call it rigging. You can call it you, changing. You could come on. You we need talked the about people to be yesterday. enthused about this candidate. Nobody's enthused about any of these candidates, least of all Phillips. And for Phillips to say that Trump's attacks on democracy are and somehow comparable to quote unquote our party doing the same, I think is way off base. I don't think so. I don't think he's that far off base. Now, what Trump's trying to do is... Wait, wait, come on. Trump come on. Well, organized let me explain insurrection that. to attack democracy, dude. What, what, what? Okay, so the Democratic Party is going to exclude any opposition to the incumbent president. And we got the governor of the state of Wisconsin, a Democratic leader in this party, saying, oh, that's ridiculous that he should even be considered. No, it's not ridiculous. He should be on the ballot. He should be qualified. And we, the... Voters, because I've got to tell you, Dom, <laughs> tell me, those that would vote in protest and go register and vote in a Democratic primary for Dean Phillips, 98% of them are going to go vote for Joe Biden in the fall if you just start <laughs> right. a jacknut about I it. I know, but listen, I, and I, I, I agree. I understand your perspective. I appreciate your passion. I, I think you, I would stand by you on that. But my point is, this is not anything like Trump's attacks on democracy, man. This is not even the same game. It's not okay, the same ballpark. Okay, bad analogy. It's you should know. It's a terrible analogy. And You've calling, had a few. <laughs> and I know it. I know a bad analogy when I see one, Crudy, and that's a bad one. 
I don't disagree. Uh, I mean, we talked about it briefly yesterday. But he's the guy being excluded. Of course, he's looking for something that's going to grab your attention. So he did. He grabbed all the. You might almost say his his quote, his analogy was ridiculous, Tom. <laughs> it's almost like he's trying to take something ridiculous and frame it in a way that would attract your attention. And you might say, yeah, that's as ridiculous as excluding Dean Phillips from the Wisconsin Dallas. It's not nearly as ridiculous. A, a, an attempt, an insurrection to overturn democracies that stop the peaceful transfer of power in a free and fair election is not the same uh, as, as a state party going through the machinations to try to keep a 20%er in New Hampshire off the ballot when it's their dem who's the incumbent. That's not even close. It's a terrible analogy. Can we agree, Tony, quite salty? Seems a little salty. A lot of no's. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Come back with us. We are the Devil's Advocates. I know you will. And you can always join us. If you think I'm wrong, you would be wrong, but I would <laughs> let you tell me why you think I'm wrong. And we can debate it on the radio. 844-967-2789. Also calls for Janet Protasiewicz, Justice Protasiewicz, to recuse from the congressional maps. No. No. <laughs> Come back. It is a more money, more problems one uh, Tuesday. Occupy didn't start on Wall Street. It started on our street, the Devil's Advocates. We are back from the 420 break. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. You can always join us on the lines. Tell us why we're wrong or why Crudy's wrong. 844-967-2789. percent of the time, I'm right every, every time. time. Um, I don't think I'm wrong. The advice to Janet Protasiewicz. Should you recuse on the question of the congressional maps, the Mark Elias Law Firm brought this before the Wisconsin Supreme Court seeking that since they're deciding on the legislative maps, they throw these in for good measure. And, of course, Republicans are imploring Justice Protasiewicz to recuse. She must. She must. I think they're building a case for a future impeachment trial. Except this will be a lame duck, right? And they will be judged by it should they take this action post legislative ruling on the legislative and congressional maps. But my advice to you, Janet Protasiewicz, no, do not recuse. <laughs> no, a lot of no going on Do today. not pass go. Take that salty Tony Evers attitude and carry it forward. Uh, Dom, I saw this little headline, this one intriguing, because as you know, I'm taking a little trip to Vegas next week. Going out there, not just for the Super Bowl, but there is a, what, a primary on Tuesday in a caucus, the Nevada GOP caucus is next Thursday, and the fact that the Super Bowl happens next Sunday in Vegas, that's just a throw-in good luck. I just happen to be in the right town in the right time. But I saw this intriguing headline. Party feud breaks ahead of RNC meeting in Vegas. I'm like, what kind of mischief's going on? <laughs> well, it is Vegas, man, so you know temper's going to run a little high when you don't sleep a lot. If it happens in Vegas? <laughs> it stays in Vegas. Days before the Republican National Committee was set to convene here, Hundreds of Republican officials gathered in a casino ballroom Monday to vent their grievances about the party. They usually wait till Fridays <laughs> and warn that it is ill-prepared for the 2024 election. We're at war, one man shouted from a microphone at the event hosted by the conservative group 
turning point action, lifting his arm in the air. Where are the tools? Oh, they're all around you. <laughs> Where are the little things that the left is doing, but we don't? I don't know. Good candidates, moral people caring about governance and their constituents, and not you know, necessarily worried about you know getting money in their own pocket and taking care of the billionaires. You know, could be policy, could be personalities, like you know the little things that matter. Down the gathering in a hotel room next door to where the RNC will meet later this week was the culmination of more than a year's worth of frustration <laughs> from some Republicans in and surrounding the committee about its finances, about its struggles to match Democratic organizing efforts, about its four-term leader. A year ago this month, the vast majority of the RNC uh, members voted in favor of keeping Rona McDaniel, I know Romney in there anymore, on for another term as chair, despite an ugly re-election fight that exposed rifts and vulnerabilities inside the committee. But at this point, many grassroots activists say McDaniels has lost their trust, perhaps permanently. They said they're tired of losing. And whatever facts and figures the <laughs> RNC provides to defend its records, the arguments sound to them like excuses. Tired of losing? I thought they were going to get tired of winning. There's so much winning. You'll be so tired of winning. Dominic, there's more, and this turns to our friends in Waukesha County. You want to take over? Yeah, man, political, Wisconsin, going big. Terry Dietrich, the chair of the Waukesha County, Wisconsin GOP, the largest Republican county uh, county in the state, said he received word from the RNC of a victory 2024 program that they're going to launch there this spring. To include the Jackson 5. They had an album, didn't they? <laughs> victory? But he and his county party have been attempting to carry out their own voter outreach efforts since July, and Dietrich said the National Party should have already established year-round programs there to compete with what he sees Democrats doing. A quote, The fact of the matter is the same executive committee, the same leadership structure, the same strategic plans, the same victory programs, quote-unquote, are all in place with the same people. And yet we have lost 22 out of 25 statewide races, Dietrich said, referring to Wisconsin elections over the last dozen or so years, a period beginning before McDaniel was placed on the job by Donald Trump in 2016. And so my question would be simple, he said. If you're in a business and your business lost 22 of 25 accounts that you were after, would you have the same structure continue? Would you have the same people continuing to lead? That is a... Great question. <laughs> Would you, Dom, have no, the no. same leadership structure? But it's 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 beyond that. And here's what I this is why. Because look at the, the party, look at the people that you're putting forth. Look at Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? If it's it stinks at the top, it stinks all the way down. So you could mix it all up, shake it up, get a new a, a new committee, a new victory 2024. 2.0 program, you can do all those things. And where do you have? You're still the same party pushing the same crap with the same terrible candidate in Donald Trump. Can I throw out one more quote from the political piece? Charlie Kirk, this was his organization's little confab having in the uh, Vegas. Charlie you know, Kirk. Presaging uh, the RNC meeting next, later in the week, whatever What did it Kirk is. say? Uh, they're a bunch of losers. <laughs> they know it. The grassroots knows it. The donors know it. They lost in 18. They lost in 20. They lost in 22. This guy sounds like you and I on the radio. <laughs> we have tried to reach out to them many times, and I'm not going to put up with another culture of losing. But that's what they are, Don. They're, they're losers.
And, you know, I, I wonder why. And I question why. And here in the state of Wisconsin, this this Dietrich from Waukesha County. Terry well, Dietrich. Shouldn't the money come from the state party? You know what I mean? This should be a grassroots effort. But here in the state of Wisconsin, they were prestigious fundraisers. Wasn't Scott Walker the great white whale? Yeah, man. People cutting checks because Scott Walker asked. So Scott Walker, through his recall, sort of nationalized his fundraising campaign. And he became this, this, what, the rainmaker, Dom. He would make it rain up in here. Like like you in a strip club back in the 80s. <laughs> but here's the problem. The rainmaker's gone. And the Republican Party of the state of Wisconsin has liberalized all the rules through legislation to make it easier for Scott Walker to corruptly raise money. Yeah. They made it easy. They sure did. And instead of giving direct contributions to an individual candidate, because that used to be capped at like $10,000, seemed like a lot of money. Now it's 20000 And you think, well, that's a lot of money. They doubled the caps. They eliminated the caps when you give the money directly to the party. Ooh. So let's say Scott Walker could only accept, let's say, 20000 under these newly raised campaign finance laws. But you could give millions to the party. And they could turn around and funnel it back to Scott Walker. Well, you know what, Tom? It has become an arms race here in the state of Wisconsin. It is a financial arms race. And guess what? The Republicans are losing it badly. They're losing at their own game, Tom. This was their bright idea. <laughs> right, how it started and how it's going. Oh, it's going poorly <laughs> for them. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back. We'll bring you some of that information. Our friend Bruce Murphy at the... Online Daily, UrbanMilwaukee.com, had a little expose on the real rainmaker. His name is Ben Wickler. He is the Democratic Party chair, great state of Wisconsin. Ben's got a retreat next couple days. We did invite him on this week while you were in town, Dom. Apparently, when you got money, you don't need guys like us. <laughs> Come back. We'll tell you why the Republicans are going to get their asses handed to them in the field. Because they're doing the same old, same old. And they're failing. They're losers. And I didn't say that. Charlie Kirk did. <laughs> More Devil's Advocates. Sixty percent of the time, they're right every time. The Devil's Advocates. Welcome back to the Devils Advocates Radio Show, the More Money, More Problems Tuesday edition. Would have made more sense on a Monday. <laughs> this is like no money, more alliteration. Problems. No money, more problems. Well, that's also a problem. If you lack for the moolah, <laughs> right. that is generally problem. a problem. I've known it many times <laughs> in my brief but uh, adventure filled life. Uh, Dom Murphy, Bruce Murphy, over at the Urban Milwaukee Online Daily. Democrats crushing the GOP in fundraising. <laughs> I mean, and that's his line. A four to one edge for the state Democratic Party last year, the biggest ever. And they have Scott Walker and the Republicans to thank. Thank you, Winker. You Winker. Uh, here is what Murphy writes It was back in 2015 that Republican legislators pushed a campaign finance bill that Democrats opposed. And then the governor, Scotty Winker, signed it. Among the provisions was one ending the $10,000 limit for individual donations to a political party. Talked about that, Tom. 
And while there were still limits on how much you could donate to candidates, donors now could simply give any amount. The sky is the limit to a political party. And the party could give it to the candidates. So much less corrupt that way. <laughs> right. You want to track the money? Can't do it this way. It's unlimited. This is madness, said then-state Senator Janet Bewley, a Democrat from Ashland, objecting to the provision. Besides opening the floodgates to unlimited donors, complain good government advocates like Jay Hack of Common Cause, it will turn legislators into sheep who follow the party leaders in order to get the campaign donations. It's almost like Boss Foss might have some say over his caucus through the finances, Tom. The legislative leaders will be able to discourage independent stands and even thoughts by individual legislators, heck warned. But Republicans have convinced the change would give them a big advantage in campaigns. And for a while it did. By 2018, three years after the law was passed, the state Republican Party raised $17 million. Ow! Damn! Compared to $8 million by the Wisconsin Democratic Party those were the Martha Lanning days, Dom. Sticking it to those Dems. Based on the data from the nonpartisan Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, but by 2020, the numbers were nearly reversed with the Democratic Party raising $27 million and the Republicans just $16 million, Dom. Democrats won again about, in 2022, $22 million for the Dems, $16 million for the Republicans. That was an only a warm-up for 2023. <laughs> what happened then, Dom? Cody, last year, the Democratic Party buried the Republican Party. As a recent report by the WDC found, campaign finance reports for the last half of 2023 show Democratic Party raised $16.14 million for the entire year compared to just $3.95 million raised <laughs> by the state Republican Party. That's more than a four-to-one edge for the Democrats, including contributions to the state parties from individuals, political action committees, candidate committees, and corporations. Total money raised by the two parties, just over $20 million, was about 10 times more than the two parties combined raised in 2014, about $2 million. That was, uh, this was one year before the $10,000 limit for donation was ended. But the best example of how wide the floodgates have been open to wealthy donors is the top contributions to the state Democratic Party last year. California billionaire Reed Hoffman, Microsoft board member and co-founder of LinkedIn, gave the party $3.58 million or 3,580 times more money than he could have had under the old limit of $10,000. And I'll do math on the radio. Thank you, Bruce Murphy. Both parties had contributions from such billionaires last year for the Republicans that included Diane Hendricks, owner of ABC Supply, who contributed 945000 and Elizabeth Uline, who donated 500000 Elizabeth and her husband, Dick, own the Uline company and have been huge Republican donors over the years. But here's but, one thing I don't know if our friend Bruce Murphy accounts for. Uh, Republicans like to use you know, sort of nonprofits, but I'll let you continue while there's time. Uh, a little bit more here. The Dems raked in far more donations than 23 from fat cats who were past donors. Raking second after Hoffman was Illinois billionaire J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, who donated $1.1 million. New York billionaire philanthropist and frequent right-wing punching bag George Soros. There's the Soros money, Curdy. He contributed $1 million. Oklahoma billionaires Lynn and Stacy Shutterman, Founders of the Charles and Lynn Schuderman Family Philanthropies donated uh, each donated five hundred thousand dollars, and the list goes on and on and on. 
and on and on. So they blew it, Tom. You know, their their greed, their corruption, their quest to win all the elections, you know, through the monetary means, to corrupt the campaign finance laws under Scott Walker, because Scott Walker asked. Scott Walker asked. Now it's coming back to bite their asses in the extreme. In the extreme. Uh, Bruce Murphy concludes. Of course, the campaign spending arms race never ends and can always change from year to year. But eight years after Walker and Republicans passed their campaign finance laws, the results point to an old maxim that uh, old maxim they might have heeded. Curdy, be careful what you wish for. <coughs> be careful what you wish for, Republicans. And again, what this also does not, and while it certainly tracks the money, and those, you know these things can be verified. The candidates, man. I mean, wh- why? Why is it? Why are people giving money? Of course, you can talk about the billionaires, but why are why why are the parties, why are the Dems making raking in so much more money than the Republicans? I'm gonna go back to the candidates. It's one thing to be able to funnel the money and change the limits and all those things, but the other thing is, why? Why are they getting that much money? The Republicans could get that much money. Ah, you got bad candidates, man. People don't want Do- Donald Trump to continually bash. Our our country, and that's what so happens. Your your hypothesis from ass theory, <laughs> yes, is the Republicans are seeing a diminishment in their resources because of Trump. Yes. Well, let's move it back then. Why was Scott Walker such a successful fundraiser here in the state of Wisconsin? I mean, just a few years ago, this dynamic was changed, and it flipped. And they changed the campaign finance laws. But prior to that, well, maybe it was because one party was effectively honoring campaign finance laws, at least after the caucus scandal. I mean, the Democrats, they pretty much quit the campaign irregularities and the shenanigans, and the Republicans really never did. They kind of kept doing it, right? Scott Walker was a prestigious fundraiser, and he used third-party sourcing and third-party coordination, which was illegal at the time he was doing it. But he still raised enormous amounts of money and the Democrats were not able to match that. And I think there was plenty of enthusiasm to get rid of Scott Walker. So if it's not attributable to the campaign finance laws, what is it? And I don't think Trump in and of himself explains it, man. He didn't dry up the well. Trump's raising enormous amounts of money. Yeah, fifty million last year going to his legal fees. So, I mean, well, that's a lot of money. That's more than Nikki Haley raised from all her campaign committees in total, just for legal fees. He raised more than his nearest only well, remaining I mean, opponent. Because obviously, the whole Scott Walker recall thing that, that that propelled him to the national spotlight, and there were lots of national money coming in. I mean, that that there was, was the union case. money. There was all kinds of money going against Scott Walker at the time as well, and. The Dems were not able to match the financial wherewithal. And then the unions got kneecapped by Act 10, right? So they they took away a lot of that ability for the Further in 2015 by the right to work. Certainly the unions are not the foot soldiers of the Democratic Party they once were here in the state of Wisconsin. By design from the Republicans. I mean, that, oh, that yeah. take, I mean, so there's a big reason why some of that money was lacking because the unions didn't have that wherewithal to do it as much as they did. I, I think that some of the money that the Republicans utilize, and we learned this from uh, Ron Johnson, actually, a Politico, Kenneth Vogel reported many years ago, Ron Johnson went out to a Koch Brothers confab at Palm Springs, and he had some rich donor, and he was sitting there talking to a poolside, apparently, 
careful, Ron. You look like the sort of guy that would burn. Burn easy. SBF 50 for you, fella. <laughs> for sure. But he's talking to some rich guy, and he's basically telling his rich guy, oh, don't give the money to my campaign, because right. then you're limited in so many different ways by campaign finance caps. But if you give the money to the Koch brothers network, and then they just use that money to support my efforts, and oh, yeah, by the way, it's tax deductible to you, sir. It's a write-off. It's a write-off, Jerry. Certainly, that is not the case with candidate donations. And Ken Vogel dropped that story for us. He confronted Ron Johnson. We confronted Ron Johnson. And, you know, we asked Ron a few days later after the story broke, Ron, is money free speech? Yes, yes it, it is. is. Yes, it is. Well, guess what? The Democrats are doing better at the game of free speech. At least for now. It's got a sting. Think they want to take change those laws back now? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what the Republicans could do to change their fortunes, but it all starts with Donald Trump. They better have a plan B. We'll talk about that in the 5 o'clock hour. Let's get to our fair audience, 844-967-2789. Been a while, Dave from Mequon. Welcome back, Dave. What do you got for us? Hello, Dave. Better not be a 1974 hey. National Geographic. <laughs> <laughs> no. Listen, really quickly, you know, it's interesting. Um, and credit to the Democrat Party for, uh, you know, getting, you know, out-of-state donors to get the people they want in there. I mean, if you look at Florida Hollywood State, loves Ben Wickler. The biggest, donor, the biggest donor was from California. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, Tom from L.A. said, we, the people, are the ones. Now, nah, that, that's baloney. They're all bought and paid for. The establishments and the Democratic Well, parties, what about the voters, though, Republican Dave? I mean, it's one thing to say that, you know, honest, it's one thing to say the candidates guys. are taking the money, Dave, but Let ultimately, him his thought, though. ultimately the voters vote those people in. Dave, are the voters, no, are we all on the no, take, too? Is, is, no, what happens is is that there's no ability. If you look now, you see Dean Phillips, and you know there's going to be a push against trying to make sure that Dean Phillips doesn't show up in the ballot in, in, in the April election. And this is and the same thing with Kate, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. You know, he was pushed out. Again, you've got big money trying to maneuver and push out other people that could challenge the establishment. But the, Look what they did to Bernie Sanders. Look okay, but Bernie let's Sanders not cast dispersion on my team, there. Dave. Your team is ready to anoint Donald Trump the nominee after two states have I voted. Get that. I get that. I get that. And what I'm saying is both establishments are at fault here. Trump is, uh, say what you want, he's not establishment. He, he is, is now, man. Of course he is. He, he runs that party, he's Dave. He is the most establishment Republican there is in this country right now, Dave. Well, as far as no, what he's what it's what's happened is he's got a hardcore group of people, and a lot of them are middle class and lower class Americans in rural areas. The the whole thing is switched, where Republicans are getting the smaller counties, and the big city, big money is now the elitist Democrat end of things, and that's just the reality. Of it. So everybody's corrupt, is your point, Dave? I mean, no, what do you no, think I did it? I would point at no, Citizens I United. Don't put words in my mouth there. Don't put words in my mouth. What I'm saying is. Well, you said they were all bought and paid for. Have, I just, I call that corruption, yeah, but go well, ahead. You use your words. All I'm, saying, yeah, all I'm saying is, at the end of the day, 
both establishment parties are equally as culpable as to what you're seeing, and they don't want people to change or be able to vote for a different candidate. That's just the reality of it. And Dave, would you, you vote for Nikki Haley or Donald Trump? And the Democratic side. Are you going to vote for Nikki what? Haley or Donald Trump? I would vote for Nikki Haley. Okay. If Nikki so. Haley is basically pushed out by the RNC before the delegate That's race right. is done, That's- if they choose as a party, ah, we're going right. to anoint Trump as the presumptive nominee. We're going to put the resources of the RNC behind Trump before he wins. Do you right. take issue with that? Because he'll be your party's nominee I do. soon. I do. I do. And they're going to do I it. That that's not fair. Let the people choose. Let the people choose. Well, it's a private party, though, Dave. They get to choose whether or not you're invited to their party. I, I get that. I mean, that's why if Joe Manchin goes uh, no labels, Joe Manchin has got a shot at this. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Nobody likes Joe Manchin. He's not appealing to both sides equally. It'd be like if Mike Pence tried to split the difference. Nobody's voting for him. Appreciate your call, though, Dave. Very thoughtful contribution for a change. Come back, <laughs> more Devils. 844-967-2789. Jerry, all these big companies, they write off everything. The Devil's Advocates. So relevant, they have one foot in tomorrow. And thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Going to go back to the lines. You can be part 844-967-2789. John, one thing we can say with all honesty, we are not bought and paid for. (laughs) That is true. Although we would buy off relatively cheap. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to it necessarily. Bar tab, maybe some ice cream downstairs. <laughs> dinner later. I can Little buy thing, you yeah, off. All right, all dinner right. and a couple of tequila shots. <laughs> right. 844-967-2789. Oh, don't kid yourself, Crudy. I might be easy, but I ain't cheap. I've known you many years. <laughs> your, your friendship has never been inexpensive. Uh, Kurt from Madison. Welcome. What do you got for us, Kurt? Hey, Kurt. Lower and middle class. Has he not been watching what's going on in Congress? Has he not observing that the Koch brothers are back daily? That everybody's drank the Kool-Aid, the power is at the top? Both sides do it, they're equal? Really? (laughs) I I guess you don't like Dave's analogy, Kurt. Normally it's Dom's that we all disagree (laughs) with, but what's wrong with Dave's? Well, I'll just go by what he said to answer your questions, short of the Nikki Haley question. But this this constant theme that both sides are the same is just insanity on its head. You've got a guy who's a ironclad criminal. You have a bunch of ne'er-do-wells in Congress that couldn't find their butt with both hands. They're they're just they they're grenade throwers and chaos. I mean, but yeah, that's performative stuff, Kurt. Doing that? They're they're running for I'm their sorry? brand. So many of them, so many of the Republican Congress people, the Lauren Boberts, the MTG sorts, they're they're running to brandish their brand, right? They they want to get famous, they want to get paid, they want to get the 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 notoriety and the financial contributions. 
but all things considered, man, you know, the real money is sticking around and, you know, betting the right stocks. Apparently that's where the real money's being made in Congress. Kurt, I think that some of David's points are justified in this regard. If we accuse the Demo uh, pardon me, the Republican Party for decades of buying elections, all they care about is having access to the money and buying elections. And then they change the campaign finance laws, but we have suddenly become more successful to the perception of many in the electorate of buying the elections. Just because we're better at it doesn't make it feel any less dirty, I guess I'd say, Kurt. You know, I don't want our well, team to be better. I want to see a reform of the campaign finance laws. Well, I, I don't disagree with any of that. But if if we're going to go on the premise that both sides are the same, I'm going to have to you know, call all right, you all right, let me, Kurt, if I may, let me, let me jump that. in here. The, in the sense that as we see right now in the state of Wisconsin, you know, the Repu democratic parties keeping Phillips off, off the ballot, right? That's, that's what the Dems are doing on the Republican side. Donald Trump would do the very same thing if he could. Right. And in some states has it ha similar states shenanigans have. going yes, on. Ab absolutely. From that singular perspective, Kurt, would you not agree that that seems to be the same kind of philosophy and action to protect their their leading each party's leading candidate, regardless of anybody else in the party who might challenge them? Well, again, I'm going to have to challenge the premise of that. I mean, let's just go back to uh, Newt Gingrich and Reagan. I mean, matter of fact, I'll do a step better. Play the first tech, tech, 10 seconds of the recording of Roosevelt saying, I welcome their hatred. He talked about a do-nothing Congress. Congress under the Democrats keep offering uh, stuff the way to control the border, and the Republicans shut it down. And why do they shut it down? We know why they shut it down, just like abortion. That's their, their candy that they can wave in front of their constituents. To say that both sides, because they have uh, lobbyists giving them money, that, that, that doesn't equate to the behavior of trying to keep the government running and, and, and getting things done on a legitimate level. I just can't buy into your argument. Well, I wasn't making that argument, Kurt. That was your argument. I was pointing out the fact that we have an election going on, and each party seems to be trying to be protecting uh, the leader of that election. They're quote-unquote incumbent. Yes. And financially, both parties are trying to assemble the greatest campaign war chest they can and of course, many in this audience, I know that you and I would rather see some sort of reform of Citizens United. You know, when Obama sat in his State of the Union address, and who was it, Alito shaking his shaking head? Shaking her no. head, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was wrong? Of course, Alito was wrong, but, you the know. floodgates he... have been opened. Yes, the corruption and the perception that it's a little corrupt on both sides of the aisle. I got to tell you, it's a broad perception. 844-967-2789. Uh, Jam from Racine, welcome. What do you got for us? Hey, Jam. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good afternoon. Hey, um, I really feel that now is the time for the GOP party to really rebrandish themselves. And, I mean, it's, there's such a disgrace. I'm I'm 71 years old. Like, I'm going to say it. My mom would roll over. I voted for Reagan back in the day. I guess I've been supporting more of the Democratic Party for the last, you know, 40 years or so. But, but as Americans, what we really need to pay attention to is all coming together to fight the greater threats to our country. And all these other things aren't important. We need to unite against a bigger threat, you know, in a sense. And Name the threat, Jim. What do you perceive the threat to be? 
I think the threat is us becoming a uh, 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 society. I don't know the word dictatorship type style. That's what the underlying belly that's been kind of, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. certain people you don't want in power. Look how the Republican Party has eroded as far as some of the way people act. Like, I'm not, you know, people going to say, oh, man, she's a Republican. She's a Democrat. She's whatever. I'm a human being, 71, like, you know, I educated, done whatever, protested back in the day for good. For You know, and I don't know. I feel like I'm stuck in a loop. Like, a lot of things that I marched for, stood for, or still stand for, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait a second. Didn't we, didn't we vote for that or march on that? In a set? You know, I mean, there's just so many things are being replayed because money and power and underlying greed is really destroying and our country and everybody's trying to come together and pass bills and things. But there's a certain underlying party that like, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, that really doesn't want that to happen. They want us to fail. They want to become a dictatorship, just like Mr. Putin across the aisle that's voted himself in for the next, I don't know, whatever years he can't be replaced. Other dictators, I mean, that dictatorship, is that what we really want to become though? Again, younger people, like I'm 71, I'm going to be around for another 30 years, maybe, you know what I mean? But the younger yeah, people maybe. really need to see what's coming. Like, you know, and it's a ba- basically it's, it's good versus evil. Jam, well said. Thank you. First time caller, I believe. Appreciate you joining us today. You can always be a part of the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Some people say greatest radio show ever. It's true. But only when your participation is included. So join us, 844-967-2789. And... Republicans better have a plan B. What if your guy gets indicted and convicted? Oh, what happens then? We'll talk about it in a happier 5 o'clock happy hour. The Tuesday, more money, more problems edition.